All right, welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview through research and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest is Christina Victor. Chica, <laughs> what's up? Are you, you're Cuban, <laughs> right? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> I think you're the second Cuban I've had. Uh, ¿Qué pasa? What's Nada, up, man? In el tibiri. Just drinking my cafecito and... Oh, really? Waiting yeah. to talk to you, yeah. <laughs> I feel like such a poser because I don't have the accent anymore. But um, It's funny because people, I don't know, I think grad school kind of did something to my sense of language. So sometimes when I talk, I talk to an old friend from high school. I think when Corona started, you know, when everyone was like, oh my God, we need to like talk to the people we haven't talked to in a while, or at least that's the impulse I had. She was mm. like, you sound so different. <laughs> you don't sound like you're from Miami anymore. Yeah. Like, well, I've been gone a while, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, where are you now? I'm in Venice, California. Oh, okay. So you're in, in Cali. Okay. I am. Yeah. So um, you're an, a, another displaced. I, for some reason, I, I didn't, I, I, I knew you were Cuban, but I did, for some reason, I associate the diaspora of like uh, of Cubans our age going to, I mean, I'm assuming that we're the same age. We, we might not mean you might be younger. I'm but, 40. Uh, I, don't, I don't have shame you're 40? Okay. about it yet. <laughs> but, yeah, me too. So uh, we're of, of a very specific Miami generation. So that's going to be interesting. Yes. And I've, I've heard you talk about that in some of your other episodes. So oh, yeah. um, I'm happy to get into that. <laughs> were you a bad kid too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unavoidable man she is yeah. like everywhere that's hilarious. i even i wrote an essay about being a bad latina oh really yeah, <laughs> yeah. well um, how many of the guys you knew were, were big fans of uh of scarface you know most of them <laughs> it's i mean like, uh, it's, it's it's so normative in like the miami like growing up in miami culture it's like it's it's um you know it's like sensationalized in in Hollywood but you're like kind of like yeah I had a I know an uncle someone's uncle that kind of had a, <laughs> a yeah. stint in that so it's like it's not that it was that far I mean I like I like things that have contradiction like that so they speak you know about Miami and like I've never seen the orange bowl in another film you know what I mean and I grew yeah, up right yeah. in front of it so I have a certain kind of attachment to Scarface but not certainly not for the same reasons that maybe other people do. <laughs> so, well, yeah, we were way ahead of MTV Cribs with all the like, rappers. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we were, we were doing that shit when we were like in middle school and whatnot, idolizing that. It's hilarious. Yeah. For different but, reasons. Yeah. So what brought you, so I, that's so crazy. I'm so excited to have a fellow Cuban uh, uh, who, who, who's in California. Cause that is like, something that's been lacking in my life so we can really oh I'm yeah sorry. well it, it, I feel like we find each other yeah yeah no <laughs> somehow I've, I've, I've well I don't know my art world experience is very different aquí in LA I mean now it's a little bit more diverse but when I first started getting into it it was very uh it was a very white scene which is you know par for the course they are the majority but well uh, yeah and I think that's mostly anywhere outside of Miami yeah exactly you know yeah, that's the other thing. We're used to being like the dominant ones. Yeah, <laughs> the loudest the ones Latinos for sure. With, yeah, <laughs> with like power in uh, in politics. So, are you like a huge Republican? What? No. <laughs> You're Cuban, bro. We got to break them stereotypes. No, 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 no. I think I, I'm. That's part of the bad Latina. Yeah. Is that um, 
I read a lot of books and I went to college (laughs) and, you know, I left Miami. So I have opinions other than the ones that a lot of family members of mine have. And I, yeah, those are things I definitely challenge about my family and I often fail. And these are things I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate. Like I just bought a book on about white fragility because I realized, oh, I think my, some of my family members think they're white. Right. Okay. So I have to, it's like, I'm always trying to figure out ways to have those conversations be generative and I always fail. <laughs> yeah. Well, just a heads up, uh, there was white fragility was popular, like, like kind of boomed in, uh, right after George Floyd. Uh, yeah. but apparently it's like written for like corporate America. So as yeah. you read it, you'll start to see like some of those tendencies there. I'm getting that vibe. And I mean, I also, I've, I've learned to kind of like, kind of always read these sort of texts and take what I can from them and also be critical about them. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just, I guess I'm just like reaching for tools to yeah. have like navigate the conversations differently because even though I'm not a Republican Cuban, I still react like, <laughs> you know, I get like angry and kind of worked up yeah. about stuff and I don't think that's working either. You know, I'm just trying to figure out ways to, I don't know, have these conversations not be so exhausted and maybe get to a point of compassion. I don't know. I mean, I try to do that with my artwork, mm-hmm. you know, we're but always like, learning. So like, how does it feel when your parents call you una comunita? <laughs> no, it's not, it's not that simple. It's, I they don't think, go, they don't go that far. I think that suspicion comes from like strangers, you know, who are like, yeah, yeah. like they just met you and they're like, uh-huh. And then they give you the like up and down. Like How I long remember, have you been gone? Oh, I've been gone for a while. I mean, I go back and visit, but I left 2004 when I went to go to college oh, wow. in New York. And Okay, so that's why I thought you moved to New York. I was going to say that. Uh... Well, I have to admit, like, my, I'm very transient. My sense of place is, like, always, like, I could wake okay. up tomorrow and be like, oh, I'm moving to, like, another country. I don't know. I, I move around a lot, and my friends kind of joke because they're like, we don't we don't know where you live yeah. anymore. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So then, so then you did live in New York for a while. I've lived in New York twice. I did undergrad there. And recently I was there for almost two years trying to make it work again, but I bounce around a lot. And that's just like the nature of, that's just my nature, I guess. I mean, right now it's definitely changed because of COVID. And so I'm saying, yeah, I mean, I'm saying you moved to the perfect place. I find it so funny, you know, like, <laughs> Californians talk so much shit about Florida and as Floridians now that we're here it's so fucking crazy like the reality of like because when we're in Florida you're like oh California it's this like magical place where it's like no no it's it's just Florida with a bunch of different assholes and I think I I left because I was in the Bay Area for about 10 years uh-huh. And that's where I did um, grad school. And that's where I kind of felt like I kind of became an artist. Like that place gave me the, I don't know, the strength to do it there. I felt really um, taken care of. And it was, it's a great, it was a great community. I think there's still really amazing people making great work there. But I got really exhausted by the, the shittiness of California. You know, the inequality, how the tech industry has really like just created this larger, larger gap that everyone like we can't avoid or pretend is not an issue. And it's not just in the Bay Area, it's everywhere in LA. Um, So I left to New York thinking, oh, you know, I'll come back here and maybe I'll have like a a different like, you know, stage in my life in New York. And that's also difficult. And, you know, I struggled with that too. So it's like, I'm always, 
and I don't know if this comes with like the inheritance of being Cuban it's like never really knowing where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. feeling like displacement everywhere I go or maybe it's self-imposed I don't know these are like existential things that now I'm like obsessing about now that I have all the time <laughs> to do it <laughs> so, so are you, you're not know. working you're you're just hanging out right now I mean I was like um I still find ways to make some of my my work I don't have a studio anymore um and no I, no I mean like I mean job job oh no no, I no, no. I was in at a residency when COVID hit. Oh, okay. So I I was like, yes, this is gonna be my year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna meet people, and my stuff's gonna get bought, and like projects, it's gonna be amazing. And then COVID hit. COVID hit. Like, yeah. Right. Uh. Okay. So yeah. Right now I'm I'm hanging out. I yeah. would love a job, but I also understand this is, feels like a sort of a holding pattern that. No, a lot of people are going through it. Yeah, and I know, and somehow that's comforting, but, and I know it's just shitty all around for all of us, but yeah, even just the gesture of having this conversation, not even knowing what would happen or what would we would talk about, I was just like, wow, this is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I get to talk to someone that I don't know, but this is going to be great. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I finally got into the place. I used to be a lot more nerve wracking. Now I'm just like, now I finally got into the place where I've done, where I'm just like, oh yeah, I have no idea. You know, I'm comfortable, comfortable with that. Like, cause at first it was like, it was like, what did I cut out for myself? You know, but now when yeah. I apply for like producer jobs, I'm like, they're like, it's so funny because they're like vetting, uh, con- you know, vetting topics. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I make any topic work. <laughs> yeah, I like I like how casual um, your just like yeah. the interviews are and that you there's know, not like, enough of that in the art world, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. And it's funny because every time I do an artist talk or I always like kind of give the disclaimer, I'm like, I am very casual. Please raise your hand or tell me if you have a question. Stop yeah, yeah. If you disagree with something like I'm not. I'm not comfortable with being on a pedestal. So like, I'd like, mm-hmm. I always like to think it's a conversation. And so I, even when I do public projects, it's like, I want, I want it to be a conversation, not just like me being like, I want my shit and I'm so important. You, know? you, de- just, you, you definitely got some Cuban in you for sure. That was. Hands, very- Tiki tiki, Juno, whatever. Salió la la cubanasa. Yeah. Hey, I'm feeling very at home right now. So I'm I'm, I'm not, I'm not at all, uh, what's it called? I've had two cups of coffee, so prepárate. Oh, cafecito. (laughs) Do you have, uh, did you get un cortadito or is it, are you like doing Americanos? I'm doing a French press. (laughs) Come two o'clock, I have my cafecito. My, actually, my partner is Cuban from Miami. Somehow oh nice we found each other in this whole shit show <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. um but yeah it's nice to have the, the like cuban cafecito break and then sometimes we just need our like pastelito fix so we go out and find it you, yeah. there's pastelitos out here oh yeah la's got great bakeries but i can like, tell you where to get good it, croquetas where to get you know pastelitos de guaya even cuban bread really with the lard. not without the lard with the lard with the lard yeah I mean, some Cuban toast would be great right now. Well, that I think you'd have to do yourself because yeah. I, we haven't found a spot that does that. But, yeah, yeah. It can't know. be that hard. I mean, it's just butter. <laughs> yeah, you just need that press action and the right yeah. kind of bread and you're set and your cafecito, of course, because you need to dunk it. Are you a dunker? Yeah. Huh? 
Are you a dunker? Do you dunk your I don't actually your... drink cafe uh, because uh, I am uh, rebelling against my Cuban ancestry. Right. Uh, no, my mom used to always, <laughs> like, it's the one thing, like, I'm a fucking degenerate when it comes to all other substances in, in my past, but I was somehow self-righteous because it used like, to drive me insane. My mom would always be like, we would go somewhere, and you know Miami is like a pain in the ass to get anywhere, and uh, even more so than LA. Like, I went oh, yeah. back, I, every time I've been back, I'm like, what the fuck is up with these lights? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like on Calle Ocho, like, and everyone's just pissed and hot and pissed. Oh, and oh my God. No wonder everyone's a fucking Republican. A little infrastructure would go a long way. It's just like, there's like two highways and they all suck. What's the, 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 the dolphin and the um, palmetto? I feel like it's gotten better though. No, it's, it's, I feel like the palmetto, the last time I took it, I was like, wow, this feels like space. There's like all these crazy ramps. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah, it yeah. it seems like they did a lot of renovations to the Palmetto and the 826, but I mean, I'm sure it's still a shit show when people have to get places. I don't. Well, I, I also don't like want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what anyway? What I was saying about the the traffic was that like my mom would always just have to like it's like we're going to karate class, but let's get a cafecito first. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, it was always a stop on the way to something and it would drive me fucking crazy. You know? like, we all choose our own At the little window, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I've never seen someone sell La Medianoche out here by that name. No, not by that name. There's a lot of- Or croqueta preparada, like the, the good shit. I think, I think my boyfriend knows of a place that does do a good croqueta preparada. He like, okay. he's the kind of person that he gets to a city and he like, scopes out all the Cuban spots immediately nice. and then he goes and he like judges them and he's like mm, 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 mm. and for you know? those that don't know what that is it's like uh, 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 uh it's almost offensive <laughs> it's no. but it's delicious they put it they put like uh croquettes that are like uh, basically the ham croquettes and that's how they say it in English I, I, right like that's yeah, what a croquette croquettes. is okay well it's French actually Okay, but, but yeah, it, that's how the Americans say it. They say it the French way, right? Yeah, they don't say croquette. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But then it's, and so like the name is a prepared croquette and they basically just put like these sausage shaped like fried ham uh, fingers, you know, that like go into a sandwich, they press <laughs> that shit and it's the most fucking delicious thing you've ever had. Yeah, and but the you, key's the bread too. Yeah, the bread is the Cuban bread with lard. It's just like, it uh, it's a lot of pork and a lot of uh, heart attack. Uh, yeah, like shit. It's but, a beautiful yeah. thing. It's a beautiful thing when you need it. But anyway, done with our cuisine <laughs> corner. Typical Cuban shit. Cubans <laughs> talking about food right away. Forget yeah. everything else. I I mean I could talk about lechon, but then we'd just be here all day. Uh, what yeah. uh, what is your um topic today? Oh okay, so I mulled over this because I was like, oh man, I think. I think I'd love to talk about just I I'm a flag nerd. I'm a I'm really into I've noticed flag that about you. And okay. so I feel like that's something that I've researched, like deeply researched, and I'm always researching. Um, so vexillology, but I, like more. What's it? What's it called? Say it again. Vexillology. Okay. Um, but you know, just leaning into the idea of identity as design. And I think that's mm. what I get the most out of people like, because I've been doing this for a few years and I've done a few public projects. 
people like seem to think that I know everything about flags and actually I have the memory <laughs> of a fish so I yeah, forget yeah. everything it really works when you're re-watching like tv series because I'm always like oh wow it's like brand new <laughs> <laughs> um so I rely a lot on texts and um my library and that sort of thing but I'm really invested in designing new flags and teaching people how to do that like all kinds of people particularly people who say they're not artists and they don't have a creative bone in their bodies like those those are the kind of people I really like working with because sometimes I think that exchange can be really powerful so yeah I guess flag uh, flags and you know design as a way of talking about identity and that can we can go back mean, to talking about croquetas too I'm totally fine with that <laughs> well I mean there's a few things flags triggers a bunch of stuff because I grew up in the UN so there was definitely uh, uh, there was a flag room in the uh, oh. uh, offices of, or like in the main building of um, like uh, the Food and Agriculture Organization, which was right next to, it's in Rome, it's right next to the uh, Circus Maximus. And there, it's it's all in all this like really historic part of Italy. So wait, you, the, you, you grew up in Rome? Yeah, my dad worked for the UN. He was uh, an uh, economist for the- I, I spent some time in Rome because I was a nanny there. Oh, really? Vatican City. So I have Damn. a love for Italy. Were you expected to cook Italian food? No, I was just expected to deal with the kids, really <laughs> awful children. But you know, I, I figured out ways to enjoy it. I could see Bernini sculptures from my little dungeon window. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, it's also a bit of a culture shock. I mean, I don't want to say anything that's like problematic, but yes, culturally, do. it's. <laughs> But, but culturally, there, it, theft is not considered the kind of th sin that it is over here. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that it's like all good, but it's like, like if I found out that one of my friends was stealing shit, like I would probably be like a little suspect of them. But like, mm -hmm. I think stealing from governments and stealing from retail like, establishments and shit like that is not frowned upon the same way. And mm -hmm. like, like, uh, and then cutting lines, whoo. Fuck you if you're if you're standing in a line, bro. <laughs> yeah, that so also goes for of, hitting on women in like the the spectrum of how that can. Yeah, how that can itself. go. So mm -hmm. so yeah, it's a very different uh, different approach to living. So I can understand like if you're raising the children, <laughs> and you have a certain set of mores, at, like over there, like you're gonna have a different experience. Again. I don't think I'm not putting any judgment on it. I, I actually think maybe it's a, it's kind of cool because I don't think maybe people that get that steal things should have their entire lives ruined, you know. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying like it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a shock to the system. Right. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think these kids were just brats because their parents didn't care about them. <laughs> I don't think it had anything to do with like being Italian. I think it had to do with being rich and like their parents oh. were assholes but I got to spend time there and you know I learned quite a bit well anyway I got excited by your room that you got to visit with flags I'd probably be so excited about yeah that. it was great I had it's, access to be great. like <laughs> it was like a lobby room that like yeah and so I, I used to spend a lot of time looking at that and then the other thing that I uh I'm going to confess right now uh, it, to being a bad Cuban which is that I never remember which is the Puerto Rican or which is the Cuban flag so the easiest way to remember is, okay, so you know that it has a triangle, right? Mm -hmm. So both flags have the same sort of layout. The Cuban one, the triangle's red and the stripes yeah. are blue. Okay. Puerto Rican one is opposite. <laughs>
because they're gringos. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, well, I, no, can't. No. I can't. Sorry, Perica. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're abused by us. Well, it's actually interesting. It's two different histories, and they're both kind of fucked. Well, you know? but they're also really related too, and one design informed the other, and it's like it's interesting really? too. Yeah, I, I love. And I use that as a tactic to like convincing people to be like, you can design your own flag is like, actually, most flags are designed based on another one that already existed. So it's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's design too. It's like, we're, we're always looking for sources and references to then tweak and make our own. Yeah, so... I'm definitely looking at you, Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so... Ireland, you get a pass because it's orange. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's got a, f a favorite flag, and um, what is your favorite I, flag? Oh, I love the Bahamian flag. So what is it that? It makes like? me happy. It's I well, I can show it to you, you in my it? textbook. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's just beautiful. For some reason, it just like when I look at it because I, it just feels like the Caribbean to me. And so, as okay. much as I don't want to live in Miami, I still feel like I'm a flamingo at heart. You know? Mm -hmm. Let's see. I don't want to just describe it to you because that's no, no show it to me and then i'll just i'll try to describe it because it is also an audio podcast but yeah of course um yeah it just feels like the caribbean to me and i love the cuban flag don't get me wrong but that's just like boring I'm no cuban. i love the cuban standard. flag you know but the bahamian flag um i think is just like a great design it's really simple and it's just the caribbean so it's this one Oh, okay. So oh, it's okay. it's it's somewhat similar to the Cuban flag. Yeah, it's similar. So that that format, I'm, it's it's one of the oldest flag designs in the like U.S. Um, the Texas flag. There's a bunch of flags that are sort of related to this like layout, but black chevron, which means it has the like black triangle on the whole. Hold point. on. Though it is adorable to see you poke your head over the <laughs> book like a child. <laughs> you can't hear me. <laughs> Exactly. Here. Here we go. <laughs> that was great, though. <laughs> um, it's my yeah. report. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's blue, yellow, and uh, blue. So uh, are the colors too, right? And then yeah. with the black chevron. So what is the what does the black chevron represent? Let's see. Again, I don't have a great memory. It's more like I respond to certain designs that I feel like are just really strong. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. The golden sounds of the San Juan triangle indicates the unity of the Bahamian people and their determination to develop the resources of both land and sea. And I wonder, so the triangle must be something to do with that, right? Yeah, that's what the like triangle represents. And that's a simple, like when it comes to like flag design and teaching it, it's like, it's whatever you want it to be. You want to put a circle there and have it be white and represent like, I don't know, your uncle who's like a philosopher. Yeah, perfect. That's fine. It's like having the agency to be kind of poetic about the designs. Yeah. And I also feel that teaching how to design, how, how people can design new flags. I, it's like, for me, it's sort of a way of encouraging eclipsing flag designs that are antiquated, that don't represent us anymore or a people or a movement or a country or whatever. And I think that's just like a gesture that I feel like has some power to it. Cause whenever I've done it in different communities, I can see that, you know, people really take pride in their flags, even if they're like individual flags, um, but it's something that they keep and they can still fly and it represents them. It's like a poetic narrative that is visual and accessible 
you know, to a public. So, so like if we were to make a COVID flag, oh god, <laughs> there is a COVID flag already that's been designed. Those vexillologists oh. get right on it. Um, I'm part of the North American Vexillological Association. You fucking nerd! I love it. <laughs> I know. I love it too. And they put out a pamphlet, they mail it to you every month. They're wonderful. They have like, you know, meetings where everyone presents like papers on flags and, you know, they fight about bylaws and it's dark. Fight about bylaws? Yeah, there's a lot of that. It's pretty <laughs> I want to see flag nerds having an argument like uh, the British no, Parliament. You, no, you do not. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty intense. But You can't put a chevron! <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually about like, you know, who there's, there's like the old sort of traditional vexillologists. There, there are so many, like, I, I think, um, chapters within vexillology. I think this is what I loved about it too. When I started looking into it, I was like, I just want to be informed and like learn as much as I can. And then I realized there's like associations that meet, they have conferences, <laughs> there's a community, there's texts. And I was relying on so many of these texts to inform my designs and my public projects and I was like well why not be part of it and yeah. I went to a conference and I was like this is like a whole <laughs> world and there's like the like you know buttoned up like tidy you know like super traditionalists that maybe collect and are very formal about flags and then there's people who are like and then there's people like me and I showed up and I was like hey guys what's up <laughs> I did and, and there's I'm an artist there. Yeah, and they were like, we don't know what to do with you, but sure, yeah, you're, yeah, you're welcome. And they've been some of those supportive, the most supportive people of some of my projects. It's um, fascinating that they don't see themselves as artists, or, or, or do they consider themselves designers of some sort? I think, yeah, there's, there's designers that design flags, but uh, there's, I don't think there's that. I mean, there's certainly artists. Would they be designing. more like art historians? You know, it's hard to describe. There's different kinds of people and then there's people, they like get together and do the designs and it's just like, there's different ways of doing it. I just don't think everyone's like, there are all that many people that are as kooky as me, but still want to like have an in in the like <laughs> official uh -huh. flag mixologist room. Um, luckily, like there, there are scholars that really support that, that perspective too because i think it can get a little stuffy if it's just like very formal and traditional and so i think when i started showing up to some of these meetings and the conversations and making friends with other vexillologists that were like you know some of them were just collectors some of them just you know i don't know all all kinds of people I so it's a broad like it's a broad title with many different kinds of contributors yeah you know who does a really good job of talking about it is roman mars he has okay. um, his 99% Invisible podcast. He did one on flags and he interviewed Ted Kay, who I love. Hi, Ted. I'm totally going to send this to him because I send him everything I do. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's wonderful. And he um, he's I think he's someone who's trying to modernize and open up the world of exilology. Um, mm. So it's a little more inclusive and less like stuffy. And he's been doing a great job of that. Him and other people in, in the whole vexillology world. But he's been quoted a lot. Roman Mars interviewed him several times. He was part of the redesign of the Portland flag. So there's people who are very approachable and like really open to. Hold on. When this. I hear redesign of Portland flag, obviously my question is what was wrong with the other one? And I think I know. Uh, I can't remember. Was I mean, it like super racist? 
No, I don't think oh, so. Okay. I don't think that was the issue. It just, it didn't design wise. I think it was painful <laughs> to look at. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they were just like, this shit is ugly. It needs to I change. think there were, there were, there were a few issues with it. And he just like, which, which is great is like, was like persistent about being like, this needs a redesign. We have better ideas. Yeah. And I think like, it seems silly, but a flag really holds a lot of power and like subtleties in like design changes in design and symbolism can really like some cities like really rely heavily on their flags like Chicago, but it's an awesome California flag. relies like crazy on the flag. It's like, yeah. Have you seen like Miami Dade's design or Florida's flag design? Yeah, but the, it's not as it's, yeah, it's an orange. Yeah, it's it, it says nothing. It's like, you know, I I. I think a lot of vexillologists, we all feel because we're such nerds about it. We're like, they, this has power. Like I was just reading, you know, how the Capitol Hill is being, you know, um, taken over by Trump supporters mm -hmm. right now. And I was, pay and I can't help but pay attention to all the flags that are like flying in this That's, mass. That is interesting. Yeah. You know, and, and it's inevitable. They're everywhere and they are extremely powerful symbols right now signifiers of what side you're on whether you're this or that what you believe in and did you what that makes me think of is red which is also made me think of did you ever see any of the protests like the communist protests that would or marches they call them manifestaciones which are like manifestations uh where where those flags are crazy and there was like i was a kid dude and I had only heard about Che Guevara from my parents. <laughs> uh -huh. And I got out there and I was like, Che everywhere. It was fucking you mean shocking. out in, in Italy? In Italy, yeah. This was more in Florence and in, in, in that uh, part, of in Tuscany. But- uh, So what was, what was, so I, it sounds like your dad was a diplomat, but like, what were the terms with which they left Cuba? Like how, oh, my how parents, did that go down for you? We all have my, a story, right? I, I'm first generation American. My my mom was a, a Pedro Pan, which if people don't yeah. know what that is, it's a, a, it was a, a, a like a move of a bunch of uh, young kids that got sent to live with family. Uh, I, I mean, that's my understanding. It's probably a lot more complicated. It was actually, funded by the Catholic Church, so that the Catholic Church wanted to help kids exile out of communism. So they sponsored yeah. these flights to replaced or placed them in other communities in the states yeah so and then my dad uh my dad uh, my a grandfather on my dad's side by the way his name is israel so like we're low-key like uh crypto jews <laughs> <laughs> and my dad does not talk about it because really? you know how the cubans are about jews <laughs> <Y lo judío. laughs> i don't know half of my family's jewish so oh, okay so they're israeli jewish too so yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's and um so they came through uh, Mexico. My my grandfather had a bicycle shop that uh, got seized by the government. And, uh, you know, like that stuff, that's where that stuff is kind of complicated. Like when you're saying that you're a socialist and stuff like that, like, because oh, yeah. I kind of agree with socialist programs, but like, I don't know, it gets weird when you start taking shit from people, although that is kind of what I want them to do to like Bezos, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, like, I don't know, it, but it, 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 there's always the, an interesting argument about it being slippery, slopey, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a spectrum to all that. Um, yeah, it's a complicated conversation because, well, yeah, I, I think it's, it's kind of, I'm always sort of baffled when I hear Americans 
they're like, yeah, socialism. And I'm like, Ugh. I mean, yeah, it's I think that what they're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I think that like the problem on in both cases is authoritarianism. Because I, I keep saying this on the show, but you might get a kick out of this story <laughs> or this hypothetical. But I mean, we can bo- probably both agree that 100% there's somebody that lost their business in uh, Cuba, came to the US and just lost their business in the US. Yeah. To both systems. So I think that like there is like definitely something to be said about like, social programs like i do think that a lot of the stuff that is happening in certain and this could be a dangerous place because you are cuban <laughs> to go but i don't do be think scared that when, don't be scared <laughs> no i do think that when police yeah i just don't want us to start fighting because <laughs> no i'm having trauma i have trauma about really? talking about this stuff in miami <laughs> you know like when i came back from italy i was like i was like hey maybe we shouldn't bomb iraq and everyone was like what yeah <laughs> No, but, I um, mean, I'm used to talking to people in the South, yeah. kind of everywhere. So, I mean, but I think I, I guess what I'm saying is I think that like when Bolivia goes socialist, it's not necessarily the same thing as like, it's not necessarily authoritarian. And I do think that there are a lot of things about Chavismo that we have been misled about in, in certain ways. And I think that I think that there's definitely a problem with a system where like everything is for the US to extract and make part of the, you know, hegemonic like financial global financial system. And like, I think that that's terrifying. Absolutely. And, and, and I think that the tying thing there is probably just authoritarianism, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I get really overwhelmed by I never, I, I feel like I always fail in this sort of sense because I'm like, I don't quite know what I think should be happening or what system yeah. should be right. Like, I, I, I tend to be pretty honest about, I don't want to say ignorance because it's not like I don't read and I don't, you know. Not like you don't come from a culture that's automatically like super politicized too, you know? Yeah, but I just, I honestly can't come up with a clear answer to what is right, but that that the involvement of the U.S. and Latin America has been problematic has been problematic from day one. Like think of yeah. coups of God, School of the Americas. Like their soldiers trained in this country to invade Latin America to change yeah. their political systems for our benefit. This has been going on forever. Like even recently, into some way, Cuba's part of that too. You know what happened yeah. there is that they just escalated like crazy, and they were like, "Yo, we're gonna go with your fucking worst enemy." You know. But now there's weird shit that's kind of like, I don't know. I think that like, there's just uh, an issue with starving people out, you know? But anyway, let's go back to flags. Cause like, I'm not even that well versed into in it, you know? But I do think, I think that we're in agreement. Like, it's just like, I remember when I first mentioned on this podcast that I was like, oh, you know what? I want to get into Latin American history. And there's just no way to study it without being upset. Like it's not, and you know, like it's not, it's not like, oh, we're going to look at, learn about George Washington and all these propagandists. It's just like all the propaganda is negative about them. And I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, it's always been kind of known. It's just that it doesn't get handed down because you have the, the, the clash has an album called Sandinista. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't think that they're like gonna gonna promote something without having some knowledge about it, right? Like sure. you know, that movement. And so the way that 
like we always say like with a with hubris like haha history's written by the winners and we're the fucking winners right so like yeah. we're we're lying to ourselves in a crazy crazy way i don't know about you even though we grew up in miami i mean i guess we were still in like us public school system i went to public school in miami well yeah, you me said too. you went you went okay but you've been rome for most of your childhood or did you go to school I, yeah in miami? i went to high school in miami though so well, which high school at uh, palmetto that's what i was saying yeah oh you went where to you where'd you okay. go coral park but what i was gonna say is that we didn't we didn't learn about colonialism oh yeah at all at all at all so like i went i finally left miami after going to miami dade for like too long and then i went to this like, <laughs> you know got a scholarship to go to like a hoity-toity like liberal arts school and i was like oh this is so cool i'm gonna be a feminist and then I was like, I'll take a Latin American history course. And then I was like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I have to like dive deeper into this because yeah. there was just so much. I was like in my mid twenties and I was like, there's so much I don't know that clearly affects like our inherited like <laughs> psychology and trauma about identity. And I got to like dive as deep as I can with this. And I kind of stepped away from art for a while, but then I think the flag is sort of me circling back and still doing research. Like, it feels like the research and the reading never ends because you just, mm. there's so much you don't know, but directly informs even just the conversation of like, tu eres comunista, or are yeah, you yeah. this? Or are you Republican? Or are you Democrat? It's like the, these moments of- Or are you Catholic? Like, I mean, that's such an intrinsic one, especially like, because over here it's so weird. Catholicism is so weird in the U.S. You know, like I grew mm -hmm. up in, in in Italy where it's fancy. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And 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 but at the same time, like we live in Los Angeles, bro. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Where every every corner, every town, everything is named after Santa Monica. <laughs> Santa Monica. I love when people correct my my Spanish pronunciation. One of the things Spanish that kills me. Los, los files, los files is not los files putos. Los files is los feliz. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> and even in English, like, that um, doesn't make sense. It's, it's bad phonetics feliz. for English. Sorry, I'm just so angry. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, it kind of cracks me up, but. Um... Yeah. This is not getting good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> bro, dog. Uh, yeah. Vale. Anyway, so yeah flags whatever <laughs> yeah flags no it's crazy it's interesting it's always interesting especially because like i feel like we're part of the exilio from the exilio you know <laughs> where it's like we're one generation removed and we've also been in the we grew up here so we see the problems with here and they're still kind of trapped in the like you know what there was like a professor uh, I, I did you go to FIU or did you have it you had you knew must have known people I, I knew yeah lots of people yeah. that went to FIU so that's where I went to school oh, okay it was there was a dude that my mom dated when she was like uh separated from my dad like back when they were younger before the, there were kids involved mm -hmm. and that dude and his wife turned out to be espias which is spies for non-native speakers. <laughs> they turned out to be spies that would take like kids from FIU on trips to Cuba. I don't know if that was, it was an indoctrination thing or whatever. Like this is all chisme, mm -hmm. I, it, not news story. I didn't read the news story. I just know it you handed down. You heard it from tío de no sé qué, <laughs> Yeah. And, and so that shit is real, but like uh, Radio Mambi and all of that oh, stuff. Oh, Radio Mambi, la emisora más potente del sur de la Florida. <laughs> <laughs> y el Coco Diez. <laughs> oh my God. 
Um, yeah, I heard, it's funny because I feel like just like with the Scarface thing, it's like you hear stories about that. It's like, no, ese tipo era espía de la CIA, no sé qué. And there's all, there's always this attachment and exchange to Cuba in Miami. But going back to like, I just feel like there's a lot of generational trauma that yeah. I've, I've had to like resolve, unfortunately, to think my parents may never they're they may never work through that like that's something that they're probably gonna take with them and yeah. that kills me and i don't and i know that i grew up here and i didn't experience the hardship the the physical like actual hardship that they dealt with because say it's children or as teenagers all they saw was everything was falling apart people were getting thrown in jail and tortured that they knew parents whatever and they had to leave their island and that's so emotional and so deep and so scarring but it's not my experience and so i have the privilege of reading outside of that and learning outside yeah. of it and having a different perspective um but also feeling like an outsider here and not really finding a way around that either it's just complicated like mm. the contradiction of all that is complicated and all i can do is like talk about what i know and what i experience so how do you go about like, let's, can we, can we maybe like, let's design a flag for that identity. Cause that's something that we both relate to. I think that like, I, I think like you just, challenge. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't even mean it as a challenge as like maybe a healing therapeutic practice. Sure, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so like teach me how we would go about making a flag. Cause we go, oh, we only dang. have a few minutes late left, but oh, this is easy. like packing itself up perfectly. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So every time I do a project, I okay. do a little zine and a pamphlet for the group that I'm working with. And basically- And it'll, it'll, for the listeners, she just pulled up a pamphlet that says, uh, well, my story is my flag. And then uh, uh, my story is my flag too. Yeah, well, other? I've done this public project in a few cities. I just did okay. it in Montana. Um, but what I do is I teach community members, whoever ends up being part of this project, how to design a flag. And so the initial um, part of the process is like, I show examples of flags, which we've already done. We've saw, mm. We saw some flags. We talked about flag designs, associations to flags, experiences we've had with flags. And so now, now is the time where we kind of brainstorm. And so I would say we would, we would write a list of things that we feel about this subject. So mm. it's like a, a regular brainstorm with bullets, like, you know, displacement, uh, confusion, just, I don't know, generational trauma, exile, spies, like, and then An experiential dif like di difference, like, you know, the uh, generational gap, I guess, yeah. as well, right? And I know, and I, I know we have a couple minutes left, but I would be- No, so no, we down. have plenty of time. We, okay, we, okay. Have, we, we can go like 30 minutes uh, over where we are now. I'm just, I, I just like, I'm just excited that like, I looked up and I was like, oh my God, we're going to end on something that's going to wrap everything up. I was like, dude, I'm getting good at this. Cool. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you feel really good about yourself right now. <laughs> That's a good place to go from to uh, I have to I have to I have to give it to myself or no one else will. Not in this economy. <laughs> I would pat you on the back if I were there. <laughs> okay, so what we would do is we would create a list of words that describe the 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 whole plethora of like what we were talking about. So it mm. would just be like brainstorm, non-filtered, not too like don't want to intellectualize it too much, whatever. It could be poetic, you know. Um, and then we look at those words and we assign each of those words a color. So mm. 
all this in the little workbook. Um, I would be like, choose a color. Think about, okay, generational trauma. What color is that to you? Is it more than one color? Just like do a little swatch of color right next to it. And mm -hmm. so then you have a list of words. You have some visuals as far as color. Then you start thinking about symbols. And so you start like kind of pulling apart what the most important thing about this design needs to be. And then you just start designing flags. Like I create these. So basically the strength of a flag design needs to be strong at this dimension, which is a mm. one by one and a half inch cube or a rectangle, because that is a dimension that we typically absorb a flag design yeah. when we're passing, when we're driving from a distance. So if the flag design is, is really impactful and strong at this dimension, you've created a, a successful flag design. Mm -hmm. so that's why like the flag of like Miami Dade, like Florida with the like X and the emblem and the, it's like bed, what is it? Seal on a bed sheet kind of thing. It's like, it doesn't, you don't read it from afar. So it doesn't like kind of imprint itself in your, you know, psychology. It just like, it kind of gets forgotten because it's like too much or whatever. It's not mm -hmm. impactful. So, you know, flags like the Bahamian flag, they're really simple, but it's just like there, there's something about the combination of it and the simplicity yeah. of the design that really works. And so always keeping in mind to keep it simple, but in the brainstorming process, you can get as crazy as you want. And also like, it's cool to break the rules. That's always my last rule. I'm like, and everything I told you, just throw it to shit and do whatever the fuck you want and see what happens, <laughs> which so always goes well with the kids. Cause they're like, what? <laughs> two things. I, I actually kind of like, I think that it's interesting. One of the things that clicked in my head is just the way that red has been reappropriated by the right. Uh huh. Something that's traditionally like, you know, Republicans being, well, maybe that wasn't always the case because I think that like the Dixiecrats were, no, I, I'm getting myself confused. Anyway, it's just fascinating that the same color can represent two, many, two different things. So I think that goes to your idea, uh, your, your point about like the rules, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think there's also this like, idea recently you know like now and this happened in brazil too where it's like bolsonaro used the brazilian flag as part of his campaign and his like mm. you know bolsonaro whatever everything he does he uses the brazilian flag so brazilians are really upset that he's taken the flag basically and now it's yeah. like we look at it and you're like all i fucking see is bolsonaro and i think the same thing has happened here with the american flag although we've i think it's always been kind of hairy with how people feel about the american flag because of its roots but I feel like there's this gesture to want to reclaim, which yeah. is also about the idea of the design. It's like reappropriate whatever the fuck you want from it, just like turn it so it's generative, generative and like re redefine it, like take it back. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think the color red can be super loaded, but it can also have a new meaning with the right design. Yeah. So I agree that red would be a, an important part, maybe a, a, a of this flag and it just depends like what what it's like how it how it occupies the space and what it symbolizes within the design yeah do you want to like do this do you want to do i mean it might be weird because it is an audio podcast but uh but i'm I, I just in terms of like the process of doing it it's interesting to me so so then what kind of like what so all right so we've just definitely decided there's going to be some red um, yeah well, i have to get something to write with now because <laughs> <laughs> oh man who knows where it is okay i mean we don't have to actually drive but we can just kind of think it out like like a therapy yeah. session this, this okay. podcast is just therapy it's just like therapy <laughs> two cubans just trying to get over their trauma um yeah. yeah so 
I like uh, this you, idea it, you, of... Can it be, can, can we do make it like a credit card? Like a little pocket size flag? Well, no, I would like, just like have, have it have one of those magnetic strips. Why? Like, the design. Oh, you want that on there, why? Just cause like, you know, we like to flaunt. <laughs> That's a terrible reason. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, you know, like credit rich Cubans, <laughs> our generation, it wouldn't represent us, but it would represent people from our generation that definitely were like, oh yeah, oh yeah, ese Lexus está buenísimo. We're trying to move forward from that. <laughs> Stay on focus. Hey, well, can I ask you, can... you something? What? When I say the word ref, what does that mean to you? Oh. When someone, if I describe someone as like, yo, dude, that dude is so refy, because you're it, 40. It is. Yes, I am. <laughs> no, no, we're the okay, same generation. Ref, I, that wasn't a dig. Is, ref is, is like, like oye, a shortening. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Ref is a shortening of the word refugee. And uh -huh. I, from my experience in high school, it was a way of singling out the ESL kids who had just come, like the fresh really? immigrants, and be like, bro, don't be a ref as in saying you have an accent or you clearly are showing where you're from or where you're most wow. recently from. Yeah, it was tef definitely a negative to, connotation. To us, it was, it, to us, it was people that I, were basers, basers and refs, people that had quad, you know, like bros, like, but you know, like bro bros, you know? Well, that's <laughs> like what we the were, word bro was for with us. And there oh, was also yeah. other derogatory words that I will not repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I mean, that was definitely in common usage and uh, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, well, our school had a big ESL population. Yeah. Um, so there was like this, this big group of students that clearly had just immigrated. So of course, yeah, no, they're like us, idiot bros going, bro, don't, don't be a ref, bro. You know, that kind of stupid shit. Yeah, so yeah. No, for I us, it was of. much more innocent. But it was... Because it, you were on the other side of Dixie Highway. <laughs> yeah, we definitely were, 100%. <laughs> I was like, that side is white people. <laughs> this side is the Latinos. <laughs> Wait, so were you close to the roads? No, Ro we were further west. We were by like the fairgrounds, close to the fairgrounds. Okay. We were close to FIU. Okay, okay, okay. That's why I don't know. Because I was like, uh, I was Wekenda. and. And uh, and uh, and then Coral Gables eventually when I got fancy. Oi, oh, moving up. I used to No, we were by. Do you remember Canton Chinese? Do you ever eat there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. Dude, how different? How do you? How much do you miss having maluros with your food again? I cook. I <laughs> cook. Chinese we food? cook. This is the the perk of dating a Cuban man who loves yeah. to cook. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you, you don't we... have Chinese food without maluros now? <laughs> no, we crave Canton a lot. We talk about it and we're like, oh, God, wouldn't it be great to have Canton again? But who knows if that place is still open anyway. But yeah, yeah. you would get is some maluros the... with your fried rice. Are you talking about the one that was next to the Carvel? I don't know. I think it was on Coral Way. Oh, no, on Burr? Coral Way, Coral yeah. Way. It was on Coral Way. What about the, uh, on US one where they had the uh, Jenny Craig's and the Dunkin' Donuts right next to each other? Oh my God, I don't remember that. Again, US one, that's that's your your zone. That's <laughs> my I zone. Start, I didn't start <laughs> hanging out over there until I was older and I had a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's wild. It's so crazy because Miami is like that. Like, there's the, the it's a similar experience, but like it's so different. It, it's especially depending on where you go to high school. Like, 
Palmetto has its reputation for being very Palmetto. And yeah, and I one of my closest friends went to Palmetto. She was part of the group that got arrested for doing that zine against the like. Oh, I remember them. Yeah, what one of my best there? friends. She was she was one of those. What was the zine? It was a zine. Um, I forget, I, but it was a zine sort of bashing the the president or sorry the principal for I don't know some problematic behavior and they were just like you know kind of artist punk kids who were like we're gonna stick it to you and we're gonna be like and they got arrested yeah um Palm I think they were the Palmetto Five I think that's what they were yeah, yeah that's what it was yeah yeah um that's yeah, hilarious that cool. <laughs> tell her tell her I heard about her okay I'll <laughs> let her know <laughs> she's awesome <laughs> all right so then no so no magnetic strip what 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 would you suggest in terms of you know, design? More i want you to feel like you can design whatever flag you want it okay. just has to be a strong design so it's hard to design without having actually sketches, drawing it. yeah but these are ideas that can float around and maybe you can sit down and but there's no common it. wisdom as to what a triangle represents or what a stripe represents not all stripes mean the same thing not in my book you i mean there is like say but you also you know, defined yourself as a as a rebel i did not define myself as a rebel in this community <laughs> you're like one of the people that's like here to fuck all the scholars up they're like no why is why I, wanna, die? <laughs> I wanna work with them but i also want to make them a little nervous that's all <laughs> you know push push them into their uncomfortable zone to do new things um i think it, i want people to have agency to like create right. definitions to whatever they want about their design. So if you want to do your magnetic strip to talk about the bling bling Cubanos in Miami, whatever, as long as the design is strong and you have a clear idea of what your flag is about, fucking it's go It's a gold for it. strip now. Whatever, bro. <laughs> you hate me. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I work with like cranky toddlers. No, 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 I'm just being, uh, <laughs> I can handle, <laughs> but, uh, what's it called? So, so then like, in terms of like, can you give us another example? Now I'm just curious, another example of when a stripe has represented something else since I've got uh, us oh, on God. this. That's impossible to answer because it's just, it can mean anything. It's like, it you just have anything. to narrow down your narrative and well, like, can, what you, know, you want it to symbolize. It depends what color it is. It depends where it's placed in the like field. It depends. It depends. It can mean anything. It can really like, mean anything. For example, like a, a thin blue line through an American flag. I mean, what that means. Now you're just oh. fucking with me. <laughs> that one is, oh, that's bad design. I like it. I'm with you. No, I don't think it's it's bad design, but it's, you know, it's loaded. Meaning wise, <laughs> yeah. it's very loaded. There's yeah. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of that in Miami too. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but oh it, yeah, I, just to it, be clear, I don't condone that line. I'm just, I was trying to think of an example of when an outline yeah. means something else. And you can take- But that is a good example of how something so subtle in appropriating an old design and then just making one change can really incite or like create such a strong reaction. Like it's yeah. such a clear indicator now that that means that thing. It's Blue Lives Matter, right? And pro-police. And immediately it's like, just by appropriating a design, changing two colors, that already is extremely powerful. And so that's like a great example of, you know, a way yeah. of appropriating an old design, creating a new meaning that's still sort of attached and relevant, but very clear in its message. Um, it also because, goes to show how important, how powerful these things are. Because I mean, I have, we haven't really been talking about it recently, 
because it's been a while and a lot of things have happened in 2020, but the, uh, you think? The, the, yeah, <laughs> the not, conservative flag, yeah. what's it called? What's the fucking, uh, the Confederate, Confederate? Flag? You know, so like, there's definitely like, I, it's hard, you know, when you think of, in terms of flags, uh, it's interesting because at first we were talking about like national flags and those almost to some extent we take for granted, but now I'm thinking about these other flags and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> flags are dangerous <laughs> or flags like represent a huge thing, right? Yeah, they it have goes beyond, power. Yeah. They really have power and, and it's, it's almost, it's like a silent, it's, it's like a silent message and it's like accessible, it's visible, it's in the public. It's like, you don't have to walk into a gallery to see it. You can put it on your car, you can put it on a sticker, it can be in an emblem, pin on your hat. Like yeah. it takes in, in so many different forms, but it they have so much power. And I think in, in the beginning part of my art practice, I started like figuring out how to talk about identity through embodiment and like performance. And then I got mm -hmm. really fucking tired of that shit. And I realized that this was an avenue that could help me get other people to talk about identity in such a like endless like spectrum of ways. Um, but this is like such a history that it goes back so far. It's accessible to everyone. Everyone has a relationship to a flag. Like even you telling me about walking into that room where your dad worked or like all the red flags with like Che on it, like that's embedded in your psychology. That's not going yeah. anywhere. Um, and, and, you know the potential for the future moving forward of this format it's just i i think it i tend to like geek out about things for like a year or two and then i'm like nah, i'm bored you know and i walk away and this mm. is something that is still sticking with me because there there's just so many ways that i can play with it with my own work and with other you know with the public doing public projects so I well, anticipate I, nerding out about this for a lot longer. <laughs> well, one of the things that I found interesting <laughs> about how you like described your experience of like going into this area it, to begin with was that sort of that you were just like, it was like, you're just an artist fucking around. And then you came in and then you stumbled into this like secret society almost be, or not, not that it's intentionally secret, but it's like, yeah. it's not, it, unless you find, seek it out, like, you know, <laughs> you're not going to find it. Yeah, exactly. And then there's um, like, oh, there's like scholars. And it was fascinating. It was like, almost like uh, the first books of Harry Potter, which I haven't read. I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, where you're like, you're discovering this world of wonder and mystery is like, whoa, there's nerds of this kind. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love it. I think it's great. I'm grateful for all the scholars I've met and the papers they write. And, you know, it's so relevant. It's really relevant work. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful for it because then it just informs. It gives me more tools to like arm myself with when I go into talking, just, you know, just like reading a book and being like, I need to learn how to talk about race better. It's, it's, you know, you're, they're just tools out there. And some of these people have helped me continue my work. And like most recently, I, thanks to um, Dr. Rafael Chacon in Montana University, he was like, I want you to come here and do your flag project. He's a flag scholar. Otherwise we mm. would have never met, but he's Cuban. So we did make some rock and picadillo and rice and beans. Oh, uh... And now he's like a great friend, but he's like extremely supportive of my work. And he, he was like, I just like that you're an artist designing flags. You're not like a flag designer. No. But um, yeah, it was really, it was, it was great to be able to like do the project even this year. Next time you come on, can I have you put one of your flags behind you? I almost, I tried and then I like scrambled. Yes, oh. absolutely. No, it's all good. I, you didn't know it was video until today, which- I know, just, I was like, do I have, I have to go back? Like, 
<laughs> now I have to go back and fucking tell everybody that I've booked for this year. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I haven't booked the whole year, but like, and now I'm like, oh shit, I haven't made that clear. <laughs> How often do you do these? I'm doing them every week now during the, the that's great. Yeah. 2020 was just death to me. So I only got 27 out, but uh, this year I, I actually just got hired. I want to plug uh, another show. Uh, I'm helping out on a podcast called the Vietnamese. And if you're interested in like the Vietnamese movie industry and like, there's some pretty interesting stuff there. So if you want to check that out, I'm definitely like, like how you were saying that you, that flags are helping your process a lot, like definitely. And now that we're doing YouTube, it's going to be good. And I, I want to thank you so much for making, picking such a visual topic because now people are just going to be listening to it and be like, I should just subscribe to the fucking channel. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? God, that would be great. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think that something about having the camera just automatically makes it because you just forget that it's not, um, you know, that it's not uh, audio. Because before I used to just do audio only. And that shit was kind of odd also because you would talk over each other. Not that I yeah. didn't. But also, I think this like format of talking and facing each other in the square, it's like we're all really used to it by now, you know, yeah. so this feels actually quite normal, I think, yeah. or will read as normal. But um, I will say, and I just props to anyone who's still making and finding the discipline, whether it's a podcast or like whatever part of like your creative practice, like I think it's great that you're being so um, disciplined about it because I think it, it's at times really hard to continue our, our practice you know given the situation yeah. and also I think the exhaustion of the year but um, I was really looking forward to like just having this conversation with no expectation so it, I'm, I'm no, really happy I, we got to talk yeah Thanks no for I, being I, interested I it, well it, what, I'm, I'm also excited that you're in LA and you're not part of my circle like, you know, that you're, or that you're not part of like the people I already know, because yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to be hitting you up for friends that to, for that's references. Great. Cause like, Please that's do. one of the things that makes this shit hard is like, who do I fucking invite? And then like, always like, cause then the other thing is like with the algorithms on Instagram, you're just, it narrows down who you see. So you kind of, ha- I, I kind of have to go now and like, uh, look at like who I follow that isn't showing up in my feed. Is that and how you to- found me through Instagram? No. Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I shit on Instagram sometimes. And then I'm also like, no way, man. It's pretty cool. <laughs> in the sense that No, it's awful. It's awful right if now. you don't use it. If you, It's awful if you don't have a use for it. Like, it, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I think for artists, it's a useful thing, you know, but it is, I, I mean, I think it's valid to hate it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm also grateful for it, too, because I feel like I've been able to connect with people that I otherwise... I'm not, yeah. I'm not quite sure I'd ever meet or would be interested in my work or me interested in theirs. And I've actually developed friendships, like sincere, awesome yeah. friendships, whether they're creative or intellectual, like through the platform. So especially right now, I think it's great that it's- Do you have an entourage able. of Cubans? You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I have my Cuban friends for sure. Yeah. But, All right. Cause I don't know. I don't know that Cubans I have an entourage. My I mom's definitely... gonna, I'm going to make my mom watch this fucking episode. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Hola, mami, que tal? How you doing? Okay. Dude, you, uh, you, uh, you're going to appreciate this. My mom, my grandmother is uh, old school aristocrat, like from uh, her, 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 her grandfather or her father was a judge. Like she's like, she doesn't speak at all with a, she has like a very non-Cuanaso accent. Right. And, uh, and 
uh, her best insult. It re- it's just so good. Like when you are out of line, she'll tell you, "Eres tan ordinario." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's something that you hear in Latin America, like in Argentina. Hey, que ordinario. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, fifi. It's like, ugh, I am above this. Anyway. Yeah, don't be so ordinary. Well, it's actually quite <laughs> It's good. Thing, it sticks because it's like, it is not vulgar, <laughs> but damn, does that shit dig. <laughs> yeah, you just, how do you come back from that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Bueno, abuelita. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Porta no, no, I'm saying I'm saying hi to abuelita because my grandmother and my mom live together. I wasn't calling you my oh, abuelita. Oh, I was like, bueno, okay, está bien. We're, we're cuarentonos. No, 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 <laughs> abuelita, ya, yeah, te puse en el podcast. Está famosa. Eres famosa, sí. Anyway, it was a pleasure. I'll definitely have you back on. And uh, especially because, as you know, I have a problem booking guests. Or no, it's it, it's always easier to just, it's nice to have recurring characters. Okay. I'm happy to come back and show you some visuals. That's yeah, nice definitely. Right. So, I, um, yeah. I want to get more organized on the visual stuff too, like have uh, have stuff like that. That's okay. Well, we live in the same city, and so yeah, we might actually be, be real life friends at some point. At some point in the future, we can <laughs> occupy the same like twenty foot space, and I can and I'll show have you my flags. Your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> what about for me? Forget that. <laughs> I want some. No, no, he's the one that cooks them. I'm inviting oh, myself Maduro's to eat his. His we can do a little cookout. We can do a <laughs> okay, little, okay, okay. little un potluck. Un potluck. Yo, yo, I will churrasco. That's the only Cuban oh. thing I cook. Okay. Okay. All right. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Nice Very nice to, to have an infusion of uh, Cubanism in me. <laughs> <laughs> Go on about your day. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> <laughs> <You too. laughs> Bye, Javier. Bye. <laughs>